0: Matt, uh, the story of Cardinal, Uh, uh, this snapshot within our website PowerPoint, I'll just walk you through it. Brilliant, thank you. Uh, as you can see on the front page there, we've got uh, 4.76 million ounces in uh, made more Reserve. We're listed on the, bo- on the ASX and the TSX, the same symbol CDV. Uh, we're located in Ghana, West Africa. The um, shareholder list, as you can see, 60% of our registry is held with uh, institutions. Our top 40 shareholders, represent 84% of the company. Are
1: they long-term holders?
0: Yeah, they, they, they're institutional long-term holders. The capital structure on the left-hand side there, basically uh, what's important to note there is the cash at bank. We've got enough cash there to deliver a feasibility study in Q3 of next year and some exploration uh, success, uh, hopefully uh, within that time frame, and then have cash beyond that. Uh, also in the fine print here, in point three, we've got options that uh, will be exercised in September of 2019. They're deep in the money. The strike price is 15 cents, and we anticipate another $15 million coming through. The broker coverage on the left-hand side here, we've got a lot of Canadian coverage, uh, Australian and coverage in the UK. What's important to note is their average uh, price is $1. 16 Australian. Okay, And we're currently trading in the 40 cent range, so there's upside there, for sure, according to these guys. Our geographical location uh, bar charts here. Key point is that we began 2018 uh, with Australia having about 34% of the register, and now North America had about 31% of the register. They've reached out into the Australian market where the liquidity is, And they've been making purchases and they're almost at 38% now and a lot of the North Americans have just been quietly accumulating throughout the course of this year and they've managed to pick up approximately 7% of the the stock that's that that's an important uh, thing to note contrary to what A lot of people are thinking about alternative investments that are being made in Canada and uh, North America. That's fine, they're all obvious, but people are still smart enough to look into the gold sector. Europe has 15%, and we backed out the UK. They've got slightly over 3%, and 10% is global, just around the world.
1: And what's the retail breakdown then, I guess, from the the retail,
0: The the retail free flow sits around 15 to Auto management, myself and Malik Issa, uh, as you can see there. I'm the CEO, Malik's an executive director. We're both founders of the company.
1: Yeah, you serve day to day, you're living in Ghana. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. live are. in okay. Ghana and
0: uh, I'm a resident of Ghana and Malik is uh, also a citizen of Ghana. Mm. So um, yeah, we're there, basically working hands-on uh, as opposed to Remote control.
1: So you mean say you're there, you're 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 living there, your family's there. I've got a house there. Yeah,
0: I live there. Not a problem. I uh, on site, uh, forty minutes from the drill.
1: How, how many months uh, of the year are you?
0: going? I'm probably there nine to ten months of the. Wow. year. Wow. Okay.
1: You're you're committed. Oh okay.
0: yeah, definitely. You know we've got an office in Perth with some technical team we liaise on a daily basis with uh, our project manager here, Bruce Lilford. He was a study manager at AMIC Foster Wheeler, mm-hmm. which is now part of the wood group, the global group. That's him. And we've got Kevin Tomlinson here, who began his career as a structural geologist, moved on into banking and has financed uh, several projects. And a difficult one uh, was his last project in Egypt. He got that up and running in a jurisdiction that didn't know what mining was.
1: And so is he, is he fairly active non exact or I mean, what, what function does he...? Well,
0: serve? no, no, he contributes at a high level to basically uh, help us with finance. He deals with and forecasts with it. works a little bit uh, with the CFO as well. So, you know, we do those kind of things with uh, Kevin, high level stuff. We've got Ken, who's a technical guy who's just joined our board. He was one of the early guys that came on to uh, the Barrick team as one of the technical okay, people yeah, uh, when they were producing 150,000 ounces.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, okay.
0: so he worked his way through until they started uh, getting up to 5 million. Uh, so I guess courses. he's got
1: a, a skill set which you would find particularly useful sort of and moving you for oh, exactly. the next phase. That, that's okay. why that's he's the here. whole point. He, okay. Yeah, exactly.
0: He's, he's here for that reason and uh, he'll be a valuable contributor. Going through to a feasibility study and beyond. Got it. On it, from a technical front. We've got Michaela Mesquillo. He's a uh, corporate lawyer out of uh, Australia as well. This is all he does. Uh, he's in the mining space. He uh, has been for many years. We've got Bob Schaefer on the board as well. Bob has made a few uh, yeah. discoveries globally. Well known, yeah. um, And it was the past.
1: Again, is, again is, he, oh, is he consultative or is he active? Oh, no, no, really
0: no he is a valuable contributor. Right. All of the guys on the board we tap into...
1: They're not just to, a name. No, for you, not at all. There's a not function. At
0: all. There's a function. They, right. they all contribute in their area of expertise. Banking for Kevin, technical for Can, legal for um, and corporate advice from McKaylee. And we've got Bob there uh, as a geologist who understands uh, big picture stuff and... Uh, Helps us with uh, understanding and contributing to our regional play as mm. well. We've got a big regional land package which I'll talk to you shortly. Okay. Uh, this image here basically shows you the uh, West African Craton and how it looks uh, from a geological perspective. As you can see in the southern part of Ghana, there are quite a few gold mines that are in operation, and we're the first one in the northern part of Ghana.
1: Yes, yeah, so some some pretty, pretty big numbers down there, and obviously this part of the Beremian Shield, but you're up in the north here.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Quite close to some other activity up in Burkina Faso, I noticed. So again, is that, I guess that's all on trend for you, is it? Yeah, yeah,
0: yep, yep. that's exactly right. That's exactly right. But one of the benefits is that um, the mining in the southern part of Ghana hmm. has been going on for over 100 years. Yes. So they're not new to it. Infamous. And if you have a look at this, map, you'll see that we in Ghana Understand mining and have more mines and produce more gold. Fortunately, with the uh, the greenstones the way they are, they've, they've given uh, Ghana uh, the opportunity to produce quite a bit of gold over a long period of time.
1: And the and the mining code here is what
0: uh, Australian based. Australian based. Okay, yeah, it was it was uh, the Australian mining code was introduced many right. years ago.
1: Okay, have you experienced any issues around licensing, around permits, I mean, how how do you manage that, or who Uh, manages that?
0: uh, Well, my partner Malik, he manages that aspect of it. Um, He uh, basically adheres to whatever's in place. It's just a system that you follow. uh, Based on your technical merits, you're awarded a uh, a mining license, and in our case, we have been for 15 years. And uh, then you go through your EPA, uh, to get a permit from those guys, and the, when you have both permits in place, you actually uh, go forward and uh, submit those and, and get a uh, what's known as an operating permit. Yeah. Okay. As you can see, the next slide here talks to uh, infrastructure. You can see we've got HV hydro grid power, yep. thirty kilometres uh, close by. We've got continuous water supply all year round from the major river that's seven kilometres away, and we've got a national sealed highway you know, all the infrastructure's in place, the topography is flat, level, dry, yeah. no hills, uh, and so it's very easy and it's conducive to- No only...
1: social or environmental no. issues yeah, no, from locals, anymore. they're no, all no. on board.
0: We all work together, we've, we've known each other for many years, this right. is a collaborative effort from the, the locals and the company to actually put something in, in place which secures jobs for the future. <laughs> from generations, to and I so how many locals do you employ? Uh, at the moment, it's uh, because we're in uh, exploration development. It fluctuates according to seasonal activity. Yeah. Anywhere from twenty to 30, uh, twenty or thirty, sorry, up to two hundred. You've yeah. got a big impact on the local area. Oh, of course, it's, we do. I, yeah, I, I yeah, guess quite yeah, supportive. And it will and it all grow as as the mine gets built and, right. and into production. The next slide. It's a high level. Uh, snapshot of our pfs financials we've got a maiden ore reserve of 4.76 million ounces as i mentioned earlier and we've uh, selected a nine and a half million tonne throughput scenario our pit was designed at one thousand one hundred and five dollars so it's a conservatively designed pit and our financial model was built off twelve hundred and fifty dollars which we believe where we're at, at. so um, we've been conservative on both fronts. Hmm. And um, the development costs for the project are sitting at slightly over $400 million, which includes 15% contingency and owner's costs.
1: That's quite good. You've got to be like bottom bottom half there, haven't you?
0: Well, what we do have here for our all sustaining costs, we've got the the way the pits are being modeled and designed, we're actually fortunate enough to have uh, a scenario where we've got almost a million ounces produced uh, at $600 all-in sustaining costs.
1: Okay, that's pretty good. Uh,
0: and our costs, are, as you can see in the footnote here, we use the World Gold Council standard and uh, it's at $600 for the starter pit. And as you can see, if the project was fully into debt and it yep. wasn't a debt equity ratio, It'll pay back the CapEx in 1.8 years. Absolutely. Just that startup bit alone. But one thing I'd like you to notice is on the left-hand side here, our study consultants, they're all the Tier 1 global live active uh, consultants. They're not pulling uh, information out of databases. They're no. actually actively working. So our price for the CapEx and all-inclusive price are, are very tight. Okay. Plus or minus is, is close what to By t- tight you mean accurate? Accurate, yeah exactly. Okay, okay. exactly. We'll go into a little bit more detail on the next slide, our production summary. Mm-hmm. We've got the uh, actual starter pit here on its own. That'll produce 360 uh, odd thousand ounces for two and a half years on an annual basis. In total we will sell 900 odd thousand ounces into the market out of that starter pit. Uh, The strip ratio on that is 0.5, which is really low, Gold recoveries are there. Yeah. So basically the 900,000 ounces that we were selling to the market will more than cover the... uh, So what what what
1: what are the, in terms of the economics, you must have looked at how to increase the gold recovery rates, but I guess the economics aren't there at the moment?
0: There will be a trade-off study, hmm. but we're actually looking at optimizing in the background. This is the base case. Okay, and, okay. And, and at, so at best- There's potential there. Yeah, yeah okay. at best it improves, and improves the overall economics. At worst it stays where it is, and this is the the base case. Got it, okay. Right, so uh, it all culminates in the IRR as we know. It's 38%, which is a great number. Yeah. Right? And uh, life of mine, The scenario is here as well. It'll be a a circa 300,000 ounce producer for the life of mine over 14 years. It'll sell 4 million ounces into the market. In in equivalent terms, approximately 125 tonne of gold.
1: And how does that CapEx cost uh, come out? I mean, you're you're borrowing that over a period of time or is this... We're going to take that all up front? Well, the, uh, sta- the,
0: the standard uh, thing to do is do your debt equity and sure, sure, all, sure. all of the above at a ratio and uh, off you go. Um, there are other ways that you can cover off your equity component and there's an appetite out there for funding good projects because they're few and far between and I'm not saying that in a, you know, but um, yeah, so there are ways to get that money in the door.
1: But you're looking at conventional debt debt equity, you're not looking at sort of structured or royalty streams. There's no
0: need to go into anything that's expensive. Yeah, exactly. It's an easy easy way of... uh,
1: Wasting your money, I guess. Yeah, okay, understood. But you're you're constantly revisiting these numbers in terms of improving improving the uh, ratios. Okay, cool. Uh,
0: We've got six and a half million ounces of indicated category, and uh, half a million of inferred totaling seven million but our reserve was only used the six and a half million ounces which were in the indicated category and the conversion rate was as high as 73 percent of that six and a half million was converted at 1100 gold uh, the financial sensitivity this is an interesting one here as you can see here we've got 38 percent IRR at 12.50 pretty much today's prices pretty much today's price exactly yeah. Now, um, we hope we can get 13.50 uh, and 46%. Of course. We all hope that, but in actual fact, we actually plan for $1,000 gold.
1: Got it. Still quite encouraging, 29%. Okay. Yeah,
0: exactly. 29% okay. at $1,150. Yeah. And if you do the math, uh, at about $1,000 gold, you're sitting slightly over 20%. And some people in the industry say that you unless take a, that. yeah, you take that yeah,
1: exactly. you've done an MPV five
0: that varies as well.
1: Is this Aussie all the way through Aussie, uh, Aussie dollars? Uh, no, this, this is US. US okay, US, US, got it. Okay,
0: five eighty six. The next slide shows relative valuation. These slides here, as a resource and a reserve, we'll talk to the reserve one. That basically says build it. You're very cheap. You're uh, from a price perspective, the value isn't there against the historical values uh, of reserves. So, march on.
1: Yeah, and so these have been done against peers, which...
0: They include uh, 41 junior and intermediate uh, gold producers in that pier. Uh, there's a list there as well. About the project itself, the, the asset, we've got a strip ratio of 0.5, life of mine of 1.4. Earlier on I mentioned the conversion ratio of 73%, which is higher than uh, usual due to the way the geology uh, and the confidence in the, what, what in was, the geology. was an average number be? And a, an average number could be anywhere between 50 and 60. Okay, so, for it's, most. so it's, it's significantly higher. Significantly higher, higher yeah, 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 because of the simplicity of the geology. Yeah. Our metallurgy is 86% in the starter pit, 84 for the overall life of mine. And what's important to note is it's a conventional System, uh, crush, grind, float, regrind circuit, yeah. Circuit, yeah, leaching.
1: And when you say conventional, you mean it keeps the cost down. Yeah.
0: Well, they're they're off-the-shelf items. Yeah. Okay. There's nothing tricky about the flow sheet. The mining license being granted uh, for 15 years, and the EPA permitting, the EIA scoping report has been submitted to the EPA. So we've been on that for the last couple of years, and we envisage it all culminating. Uh, before our um, pre-fees in Q3.
1: Got it. And so when you say mining license, mine, license to do what precisely? That
0: addresses the technical component of right. the project. So we can actually... Through the build, build and production. Production, yeah. Exactly. Right. right, okay. No cool.
1: outstanding licenses permits.
0: The only one is the EPA Just one. Just that? Right. Yeah. And great. A, a snapshot here, a slice through the deposit in a long section with a great distribution. As you can see here, the broad dimensions are approximately uh, 1100 metres long by 400 metres deep for the pit. And the starter pit ranges between 150 to 180 metres in vertical depth. And uh, that's the long section. As you can see, the grades are, are fantastic within the starter pit.
1: And so, who's designed this?
0: Uh, This has been designed by Golders, one of the study consultants. Right,
1: okay. And is that information on the website
0: or? All this information in in greater detail is actually in our uh, NI43101 technical report on CDAR and on our website. So you can uh, break this right down if you like. Good. The next one is a cross section and as you can see in the cross section here over to the western side of the starter pit you'll see there's just a little bit of waste on the uh, western side mm. of the hanging wall and uh, because of the sheer width of the ore, the deposit, you can see it's 350 metres wide so you're basically mining in mineralized uh, zones. It's fairly straightforward, hence the low strip ratio. Mm. Once you move out of that, the hanging wall or the western side of the pit is where your waste will be and the average uh, for the life of mine is around 1.4 to one the strip ratio. Pit. Again important
1: in terms of keeping costs down. Yeah, exactly got got exactly.
0: It. We've drilled deeper than the pit. we've got data down to approximately 700 meters vertically. Right. And geologically at this point in time it doesn't look like there's a break in the geology, it looks like it continues. And
1: is that data contributing towards the reserves that you've got? or no, 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 no,
0: no, 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 all, all the reserves are within there. the picture. Interesting, yeah. interesting, so
1: a lot more potential, potential. Well, well, potential, potential.
0: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> look, is there potential there? Well, there's mineralization there. It's mm. a question of analysing it and, and getting into more detail. Mm. We're not thinking about drilling any of that at the moment because, you know, the value versus price disconnect, we're not being rewarded as an industry and as a company for what's in the pit, let alone uh, spending money trying to look for the unknown. As far as uh, drilling is concerned, Mm -hmm. we've drilled over 118,000 metres and diamond uh, in HQ diameter has been almost 65,000 metres and RC's uh, 41,000 metres with the largest drill bit possible. Mm -hmm. And another interesting point to note is we've done over 13,000 metres of grade control drilling over the starter pit.
1: So what's a grade control drilling? Well, give you?
0: tightly spaced at 10 by 15 metres right. uh, to reconcile that result with the overall resource result Right. to know if the calculation and methodology of, of analysis that went into the overall deposit reconciles with that tight drilling pattern mm. and as it turns out we've been a little bit conservative on our analysis of the larger because the uh, overall deposit because the uh, the tighter drilling actually came up slightly better in grade interesting <laughs> well you know it's a good thing sometimes yeah. you could do that and yeah. be disappointed yeah because you've overestimated your, uh, your your resource but in our case we've been fairly conservative on the overall resource yeah. and it was confirmed by this tight grade control.
1: We have looked at companies which have been terrified of doing that for fear of finding the wrong results. Yeah. I can appreciate brave that. Brave and lucky. unlucky. <laughs> Bra-
0: <laughs> brave yes, but uh, also it's part of our process we need it for finance. Uh, these, these are the questions that do give get you the asked com- comfort for-, for finance down yeah. the track. Okay. So we put that away, it's in the database and it ticks another box. Yeah. So you can't shy from it if you're looking for finance. And is
1: there much more drilling to happen?
0: Uh, on the deposit itself, no, not no. necessarily. We we've, we've done the geotech uh, drilling, the yeah. hydrology, hydrogeology, uh, so we know the competency of the rock, so we can play around with the angles now a little bit. Yeah. The the pit angles and and, and try to make some further enhancements. Because I know
1: you've got you've got some exploratory targets uh certainly licensed areas and is the plan to focus purely on this in terms of delivering this and you're putting your money your time and effort on this or will you be also looking at developing the exploration component fortunately both right okay
0: and i'll talk to the second part of that in a few slides okay the design flow sheet Mm -hmm. looks like this at standard uh, equipment off the shelf okay basically nine and a half million tonne comes in through the front through our sag and ball mills. Some uh, gravity circuit is installed there. Mm. We get to pull out all the free gold. And uh, what's interesting is the flotation. Mm. We generate uh, concentrates that runs approximately 15 to 17 grams per tonne. And it it comes off in less than five minutes. So out of the nine and a half million tonne, 760,000 tonne is what it's reduced down to at 15 grams per tonne. It's a high grade concentrate and the balance, which is eight and three quarter million tonne, goes straight off into the tailings. So no further processing, no capex, no opex, just get it out into the tailings pond. Yeah, so we now have 760,000 tonne, grading 15 to 17 grams per tonne. We're still fine-tuning that and we re-grind that small mass drop it into the leach tanks and pour Dore bars on site.
1: It's as easy as that. I mean, they, these, have, these have been optimized for your own production. You're not reliant on anyone else, any other uh, processors, or processors in the region. You're self, self-contained completely. 100%. Right, okay.
0: 100%. It all happens on site and we'll pour bars on site.
1: And when what what happens with the Dora is that sold uh, in in country is it processed in country? Uh, no,
0: we, we may be able to. Um, not sure yet. We're considering because of the, the uh, it's a smaller volume and mass. Uh, we may be able to um, actually refine that even further to twenty four carat.
1: Okay, that, that's store. something that you're looking at in terms of the economics of the project. Yeah. I guess is an ongoing. And process. then. Okay. And
0: then um, make a commercial uh, deal with uh, somebody and do whatever we can do to uh, Keep as much business in Ghana uh, And then ultimately uh, it'll get sold to to a buyer or a refinery that is usually the case Okay, that's the Namdini project and that's yep. why I said earlier on we're fortunate enough to be able to focus on two parts yeah the deposit Actually, exploration
1: got it we're we in the same region
0: oh yes we the distances uh range from 20 to 50 kilometers away right so whatever we're out there looking for whatever we find is is within a hauling distance provided the grades are acceptable and economics mm. work out so um yeah we can haul in. and the, the plan is to Further extend the mine life of the Nandini uh, production facility. Yeah. So we've got 14 years at the moment. Yeah. And if we can introduce another two, three, five, ten years up front with higher grade, uh, then we can push it out by.
1: But that, but the the current with the setup as planned at the moment, that's um, optimized for Nandini clearly. Um, is that a modular? Uh, Setup is it can you build it out or is it just it's built to process Nandini? Oh, look, set?
0: no, no, uh, uh, there isn't much uh, in the way of technical differences, yeah. Uh, it's just a question of throughput, right? You know, can you because the geology we've learnt a lot from Nandini and are applying it and, and integrating it with the geology in the, in, in the, in the district. Mm. So, as far as processing is concerned there isn't any difference so we don't have to change anything processing but what we can do at a later stage if we find the volumes are, are bigger and better and, and, yeah. and whatnot we can introduce some components at uh, the early stages of crushing and uh, do a larger throughput which uh, a few more extra million ton two, four, five million four five million extra ton uh, per annum uh, which would Obviously, yield in more than the three hundred thousand ounces for the life of mine.
1: Got it. Okay, understood. What's the timeline on all of this looks like?
0: The key things that have been completed in twenty eighteen is the resource update, uh, our PEA, which uh, was completed in February, the pre fees, which was completed in Q three. That's quite swift. That's unusually quick. We're ahead of the curve as far as uh, what needs to be done on the ground. Right. And the people that are the study managers that are helping us. Are just running twenty four seven. We're just all about getting it
1: so out. So, how do you managed that? As gathering data as you're going. Oh yeah, look, you, right.
0: because fortunately we're all in this business and we know what needs to be done, and so the long lead time items have been brought forward and paid for and, I guess, and whatnot. It, so some predictability about so it. it e- exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, we published the PFS. Yeah. And we're not starting uh, the work on the ground for a PFS to a DFS. Right. It was already in the bank got it got it okay so um, we're fast tracking Uh, cash burn every month Uh, i'm not for it just sitting around twiddling our thumbs okay i can assure you that's why these things are ongoing Mm. the dfs we anticipate a delivery of that in q3 of 2019. got it and um, all we need to do between now and q1 is actually select the components fine-tune the model numbers and the sizes of the production facility mm-hmm. and a few other bits and bobs and uh, after that uh, Do the detailed engineering on it through like a podium and boulder and any other But
1: as it stands, you're you're planning to build this thing out. You're getting into production That's all you're focused on. Is that right? We
0: don't have a choice. We we need to do that
1: It's just we hear a lot of stories about people saying oh the big boys will come along. There'll be an exit there'll be a, I hear the this, other side as
0: well I right. hear that oh juniors can't build their, their disasters yeah. and whatnot you know they're only as good as the team that you've surrounded yourself with right the experts the work that you've done the detail uh, of that work yeah a, and the competent people that you bring in to build it for you yeah you know okay. a, a lot of these mining companies are run by lawyers and accountants who have never built a mine but they've inherited a job and uh, and a business
1: mm.
0: so in our case we're actually bringing on board people that roll their sleeves up and have done this for 30, 40, 50 years.
1: And by this, you mean bringing projects into production.
0: That's exactly what I'm talking about.
1: Got it. Okay. Rio. one, one question. Mining's not an easy business. We know that. That's if things can go wrong, they'll go wrong. I mean, have you experienced issues in country, whether they be political, from the ministry, from the people, technically? I mean, has it been smooth sailing the whole way?
0: You're right, to a certain degree, um, but uh, they're little spot fires that get put out on a daily basis. Okay. The benefit of Malik and myself being on the ground, in country, mm. uh, puts all these little spot fires out, and they're nothing more than spot fires, they're just normal part of doing a business, whether you open up a grocery store or you're heading towards building a mine it's all the same thing. There isn't a business in this world that is smooth sailing, but there's nothing in there that's insurmountable. And if you were to ask me what keeps me up at night, that's mm. the speed that we're going at and the, and the lack of appetite that I see in the sector. Those are the things that keep me up. Lack of appetite for what? Oh, well, for mining uh, as a whole by the, the younger generation. Oh, you mean
1: in, in, from the investor's perspective? From the perspective. investor's perspective. Okay, You're okay. Exactly
0: right. Technically, um, I challenge anybody to come and punch holes uh, in what we're doing, right? We don't have a problem. We tick that box, I can tell you. There are a lot of uh, independent experts that have looked at this and assessed it not a problem. And also technically it's not a problem. And the fact that investors or younger investors don't really understand the benefits of every mineral that comes out of the ground and how they, it's utilised in, in their daily lives.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess, that, I guess that's the great challenge for the mining industry of Latvia yeah. for this year. And I guess certainly leading into next year is to help people understand why mining is still a relevant investment class for people's portfolios
0: oh it definitely is and it has to be it has to be it's just the way we live this world
1: i guess maybe let's kind of catch up next month and and sort of see how how you you got on
0: not a problem not a problem and if there are any questions in the meantime please feel free to reach out
1: okay thanks very much archie thanks for coming We're here today with Amanda Van Dyke of South River Asset Management. They have one of the best performing natural resource funds in the UK and we're delighted to welcome you here today.
2: Thank you. Very nice to see you Matthew.
1: Thank you very much for sharing your time with us. Now you're going to give some of your insights and thoughts into Cardinal Resources, the uh, Ghanaian Gold Project. Just on the ASX and
2: TSX. Cardinal is one of my top picks for 2019. I think that there is a huge amount of news flow and value to be built into um, the company in the coming year. Um, They have a management team, which um, they've put together recently, um, that's meant to take them into a definitive feasibility study and and construction. And it's an excellent mind-building team with a great track record of delivering Um, really good quality mines on time and on budget. Um, So I think that's excellent. Um, The asset itself is a proper large-scale, 4.8 million ounces in, frankly, a great mining jurisdiction. Um, So I'm I'm, I'm really keen to see that. And it's going to have a solid two to three hundred thousand ounces of production per annum, which is great. Um, The metallurgy works. Um, They've got good recoveries and it's fairly simple so the asset in my opinion is also excellent they're very well financed so um, you don't need to worry about them coming back to the market um, at lower and lower prices they have more than enough money to get all the way to the end of this and to do a reasonable amount of exploration which could lead to some excellent news flow in addition to de-risking their main project Um, it looks like they could have a second asset that while we don't know how big or small it's going to be yet has has the indication that it would have good grades and and could really be a standalone asset potentially in the future. So all in all, I think Cardinal is going to have a really great year.
1: Well, thank you very much for that succinct and uh, excellent summary, Amanda. Uh, We look forward to seeing you again real soon. Thank you very much for watching our video. We do aim to give you informed and intelligent information with which to make your investment decisions. So if you liked what you just saw, please give us a thumbs up. And if you want to see more insightful, in-depth, honest and unbiased interviews, then please click the subscribe button. So, Thanks again for watching and we look forward to seeing you again soon.